Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Sandy Reese. Sandy is the founder of ARF Club and the chief encouragement officer at Get Fully Funded, where she shows passionate nonprofit leaders how to fully fund their big vision so they can spend their time saving lives instead of worrying about money. She's helped dozens of small animal welfare nonprofits go from nickel and dime fundraising to adding six figures to their bottom line. As a trainer, she shows her students how to find ideal donors, connect with them through authentic messaging, and build relationships that stand the test of time so that fundraising becomes easy and predictable. Sandy is a member of the advisory board for the Homes for Horses Coalition and the Animal Legal Defense Fund. Sandy is based in Loudoun, Tennessee. Find out more about her fundraising system at www.getfullyfunded.com. Sandy, welcome to the show. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Sandy has been on the show before, and I encourage you to listen to our previous episode. You just go to communitycatspodcast.com, go into the search bar, and type in Reese, R-E-E-S, and you will find our first interview. Sandy is joining us again today. We're going to talk about uh, some very specific topics uh, about fundraising. It's really, really important, obviously, for the work that we do. And so I thought I'd have Sandy talk about a couple of things. One thing is just wondering about what are the trends that you're seeing looking forward for the small nonprofits? Are things changing going forward for us? You know, I think things change all the time. That's the one thing we can count on is things are going to change. I think at the start of a year, it's always common for people to think about, well, what's coming this year? What are we going to be facing? What's happening? What's changing? Some of it we can predict a little bit and work on some of it we can't. I mean, we never know what really hot new social media platform is going to pop up this summer. Who knows? There will probably be something. But there are some things that we can look toward and see that there are trends that are happening in all of fundraising, but particularly in the world of animal welfare. So if these trends are coming, it's like a a wave that we can ride, that we can jump on, take advantage of. So I thought this might be really uh, pertinent to talk about some of these trends and how folks, especially with small organizations, especially in all volunteer organizations, how can you jump on and grab a hold of some of these trends and make the most of it for your organization? So what specifically are the things that you're seeing? So there's several things that, that I think that small organizations need to focus on. I've worked with dozens, probably literally hundreds of small nonprofits and a lot of animal welfare nonprofits and some that that's all they do is save cats. So we're in good company. (laughs) And one of the things that I see a lot of is that folks get so focused on the money that they forget about the donor. It's like that story of the goose and the golden egg. If you take care of the goose, it's going to continue to lay the golden eggs. But if you get all focused on the golden egg and you neglect the goose, the goose is going to starve. So we have to remember that. I know that folks get into this work because they care about the cats and they want to help. They want to do more TNR. They want to just everything, more medical, more adoptions, more whatever. And that's perfect. I'm on board with that. I want to save more animals, but it takes money to do it. 
And we got to have the funds in order to save those animals. So the smarter that people can be about fundraising and the more that folks can learn these techniques that will create more long-term sustainability, the easier all of this gets. Now, I've had a lot of people say to me, they feel like all they do is beg. They're just constantly begging for money. They're begging for support. They're begging for volunteers. And I want to I shift that paradigm just a little bit. And again, it goes to stop thinking about just the money and think about the person who's giving the money. Think about that person as a partner in the work your organization does. Think about that person as somebody who really cares deeply about the cats and they, for whatever reason, don't have the time or the bandwidth or the stomach to actually go out and do some trapping and do some rescue and do the things that need to be done. And the easiest way for them to participate is to either write you a check or to click that donate now button. What happens when you start to value that person is they will give again and they'll give again and then they'll give a bigger amount and then they'll tell their friends and it just starts to snowball and it's this amazing thing that happens when you start to pay attention to your donors. We call it donor-based fundraising. In the bio that I read, one phrase that really sticks out to me too that you've used, and I don't hear it very often. I mean, I hear relationship building. I hear that donor relationship, but authentic messaging. Could you sort of break that down a little bit more and tell me what, what does that mean? You bet. Messaging is one of my favorite parts of fundraising, and it's really not as complicated as it sounds. So just imagine that you are somebody who wants to give to a nonprofit. Let's say it's a community cat group and they say, help us reach our goal of $10,000. There's not a lot about that that's very emotionally compelling. And what we have to understand is that fundraising is an emotional act. People make the decision to give from how they feel about it and then they back it up with facts or stats or whatever. So they're making the decision from their heart. They're justifying it with their head and you have to appeal to the heart first. So when you say, help us reach our goal of $10,000 or $5,000 or whatever it is, there's nothing emotionally compelling about that, so people don't give. But if you say, our goal is uh, we want to spay 500 cats this year, and here's why. Because when we spay a cat, here's you know all those benefits that we all know. Um, it prevents litters and all, all that stuff. When you say, we, we want to spay 500 cats, and here's why. And you talk about the amazing thing that happens and how that cat's life has changed and how we're preventing unwanted animals. That is more emotionally compelling. And it's a more authentic kind of message than give us money, which essentially is what you're doing when you say support our $10,000 goal. The authenticity comes in when you start to really help people understand what exactly you're trying to do and why you're doing it. When you help people understand why it matters to you that you're saving those cats, that you're doing the TNR, that you, that spay neuter is an issue. When you help them understand why it's important and you put it in context in your community, if you say, look, we're the only organization that's out here saving specifically cats. We're the only one who's doing TNR. We're the only ones who are doing whatever it is. Then people are going to go, wow, that's kind of cool, especially if they're interested in cats. So the authenticity comes in being really open and transparent about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I think the why is the piece that a lot of people drop out. I think people who are incredibly passionate about what they're doing. So if they've founded the nonprofit or they're one of them, the key leaders, they tend to have a lot of passion for the work and a lot of passion for saving the animals. And sometimes we assume that other people have that same passion or at least understand it. And the truth is, 
a donor doesn't necessarily have to match your passion. They just have to care enough to say yes to making that donation. It's interesting. A lot of people, I think, in our business, they worry about asking too many times. Mm -hmm. Is there really such a thing as donor fatigue? Yes, it is a real thing. And I can tell you how you can combat it. Think about this. Everybody has that friend that the only time you hear from them is when they want something, right? Mm -hmm. And thank goodness for cell phones because we can see caller ID, right? (laughs) The person calls and we're like, nope, I'm not answering that call today. You don't want to be that to your donors. You don't want to be the nonprofit that when the donor sees you, they're like, oh, here they come again. All they ever want is money. It can wear people out. And what goes right along with that in terms of what I think of as compassion fatigue from donors is when you tell the really hard story after another really hard story after another really hard story, that can get very difficult for a donor after a while. So you can fix this pretty easily. We call it the three to one ratio. And the three to one ratio says you can ask as often as you want, as long as in between the asks, you have three warm meaningful, relevant communications that makes the donor say, oh, I love that group. They do such good work. So it can't be crap. It can't be, oh, we're going to slap some stuff into a a document and call it a newsletter and send it out. It's got to be good. It's got to hit the donor right in the gut or right in the heart. And when they read it and they go, oh, gosh, that group does such good work, that works. So just imagine you're a donor, you get an ask, You click on the Donate Now button, you make your donation, and then immediately you get a really warm thank you that makes you feel good about giving. And then maybe a week later, you get an update. It's just a quick email or maybe a video that tells you what's going on and how the cats are being helped. And then maybe a couple of weeks after that, you get a a newsletter that makes you, again, feel good about your decision to give. This is working. You like it. And so then another month or so later, when the organization asks again, you're okay. You don't mind to give again because you feel like you're in the loop. You feel like you know what's going on. You feel like your donation has made a difference and that the organization appreciates you. And I think really that is the magic right there. And it's a shift in focus. If you're all focused on the money, you're not going to take the time to thank somebody well or to stay in touch or to make sure the communications are meaningful and relevant to the donor. And that's really what this is all about. When you get those pieces nailed, everything else gets easier. And you made a very good point there too, which is acknowledging the donation in a timely manner. Yes. I actually, I give to a lot of organizations. I'm sure that doesn't surprise anybody. And a lot of it is I'm testing things out. I just want to see what people will do with a donation. (laughs) I've got, uh, I've got two or three that just astound me. One, I gave uh, probably five weeks ago to an organization and I still have not been thanked yet. (laughs) I'm about ready to call them and say, what, what are you doing? What's going on? You're shooting yourself in the foot because I'm sure that I'm not the only donor that you have not thanked. This does not work. Acknowledgement is a simple thing, but it is an important thing. It's a critically important thing. If you don't thank donors, then they assume that you don't appreciate their money and they'll go someplace else to find another organization that will appreciate them and make them feel better. They value that expression of gratitude very much. And I think my theory is because we all live in this crazy world. We live in this very fast paced, this world full of technology where we have all the information at our fingertips and a lot of it is negative and we don't have a lot in our lives or that comes at us every day that makes us feel good. 
And so when we give to a nonprofit, if it makes us feel good, we want more of that. And if they thank us in a way that makes us feel good, we want more of that. I guess it can feel a little manipulative, but it's really not. It's about giving the donor what they want and what they need. And if what the donor needs is to feel really good, we can give them that fairly easily. We just have to make it a priority. We have to make donor acknowledgement, donor relationships, this culture of philanthropy a priority in the organization and help everybody understand that fundraising is everybody's job. doesn't matter if we're talking about somebody who's driving a, a transport vehicle or they're uh, a vet tech or whatever they're, whatever they're doing, it's still their job to assist in fundraising. Now, what that could look like is giving somebody a nice tour or just being nice, telling somebody thank you. It doesn't have to be real complicated in order for it to support the activities of fundraising that are happening in an organization. Today's episode is sponsored by Space Kitty Express, your one-stop shop for exotic cat drugs. Everyone's heard of catnip, but what about valerian root, tatarian honeysuckle, or silver vine? Space Kitty Express specializes in offering these hard-to-find catnip alternatives, both in their herbal form and stuffed into a variety of reusable toys. Their herbs are 100% pure, not like those quote-unquote catnip blends you might find in a pet store. Their tartarian honeysuckle wood is cut fresh and kept frozen to lock in its citrusy scent. Their silver vine exudes a mintiness that tingles the nostrils. Their organic valerian root is so musky that they've had to blend it with organic lemongrass so that human noses can tolerate it. Cats can definitely tell the difference between these quality herbs and that stale catnip from the big box store. Visit SpaceKittyExpress.com and watch videos from satisfied feline customers. Use coupon code COMMUNITYCATS, all one word, at checkout to receive 10% off your purchase. That's SpaceKittyExpress.com with coupon code COMMUNITYCATS. Doesn't your cat deserve the best? Spoil them today at SpaceKittyExpress.com. <coughs> Provet Logic, based in Scottsboro, Alabama, provides educational support and product solutions to professional pet care providers and pet parents throughout the country. As a licensed veterinary medical continuing education provider, ProVetLogic provides a variety of educational tools designed to help cat care providers create a cleaner and safer environment for both the cats in their care and the care providers. To learn more about ProVetLogic, please visit www.provetlogic.com or call 800-869-4789. Are there any other trends that you'd like to share with us today with regards to for small nonprofits? Yeah, there's one that's super hot. And I've been telling my clients and my students and ARF club members for the last year and a half or so, um, video. Video is hot, hot, hot. And what I like about video is the next best thing to being there. If you ever have the opportunity to take somebody on a tour and show them firsthand what your organization is doing, that is a game changer. It's always very different. Even if you're taking somebody out to go set some traps or on a, a transport or whatever, it doesn't really matter. People love to see firsthand what you're doing. And if you can't get somebody out there, video is the next best thing. To be able to show people in a video what's happening, how your organization is making a difference. Now, here's what I love. Number one, video does not have to be professionally done to be very effective. YouTube is full of videos, a lot like the ones that I shoot, where I literally turn on my smartphone and I shoot a video and then I throw it on YouTube and off we go. People are very used to that. So it doesn't have to be all polished and professional and all that. And the other thing is if folks have an iPhone 
iMovie is crazy amazing. I have several clients who use iMovie and they have so many templates for videos that you can basically fill in the blanks, use the audio that's there and make something that looks really polished and put together, but it, it was you just did it on your smartphone. It's not a big deal. What you can do with video, you can do that sort of like, sorry, you can't be in here in person, but here's what we do. So an explainer video of how your organization works and what you do. You can do appeals. You can ask for money in video. You can thank donors in video. I've had clients who do thank you videos to specific donors and call the donor by name and wind up getting crazy follow-up donations to that. Uh, I have a one client that's a shelter over in North Carolina, and they uh, this was two years ago. They send a thank you video uh, to a donor and specifically call them by name. So, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, thank you so much for your donation. It's really helping a lot. They, they emailed it. So they put it on YouTube, made it unlisted, emailed it to the donor and said, hey, watch this. And then the donor emailed back almost immediately and said, oh, my gosh, this was awesome. Thank you so much. This means a lot to us, which is great. Now, you'd think the story ends there, but it doesn't. Uh, another week or two later, they got a check for $3,000 from that donor. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. And I'm really sure it had a lot to do with the way they were thanked. They just, it really hit home. It hit right in the donor's heart and they loved it. And that's the kind of thing that, that everybody can do. Everybody can send a thank you video to a donor just, just to show their appreciation. So is this the kind of stuff that you talk about in ARF Club? Is ARF Club like a closed Facebook group or is it something where you guys, you meet regularly? What exactly is ARF Club? ARF Club is a coaching training program that I created several years ago specifically for animal groups. So rescues and shelters and pet food pantries and clinics that do spay neuter. We have all kinds of different members and it is specifically to show how to put the principles of donor-based fundraising in place so that you can start to create all these things we've been talking about today. You can start to build that donor base for the right people, get a really great newsletter going, thank them well, and use the video. I think it's a ton of fun. And the people who are in it absolutely love it. We take one topic every month and we go deep with the training. There's a ton of handouts. I give a lot of materials out that all you have to do is swap out your organization's name for the placeholder name and you can use them right away. We do a lot of examples and samples. We look at a lot of materials that are working. So around Giving Tuesday, we're looking at a lot of Giving Tuesday campaigns from previous year. And we're looking at people's ideas and we're looking at things that are working and, and it makes it really easy to start to implement those. So the nice thing is you don't have to worry about going out and finding an example of an appeal or a newsletter or a thank you letter. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you a good one. I'm going to probably give you more than one. So it's really easy to put those things in place so you can start to create some great, sustainable, predictable, repeatable revenue. That's what I'm looking for. I figure I'm not the person who's going to do the hands-on work of the animals. My gift is in fundraising. And if I can help organizations learn how to do that better so that they can focus on saving more animals, then that's my part in helping just save more lives all the way across the board. So some of the things you were just talking about there, it really revolves also around planning. If you're talking about Giving Tuesday now, I mean, it's not until November, mm -hmm. but you're, you're already thinking about it now. So <laughs> that's a lot of planning. <laughs> I am, but I, my brain doesn't turn off. But here's what I do for my ARF Club members and my clients. I will nudge you when it's time to start thinking about Giving Tuesday. So late summer, I'm going to be saying, hey, 
have you started thinking about what you want to ask for for Giving Tuesday? And I'll get you started thinking about it. And then in September, I'll say it's time to put your campaign together. It's time to start thinking about your messaging. It's time to start making sure that your Donate Now button is working on your website, making sure that your thank you letters are ready to go. And then we look at campaigns in October. So you've got plenty of time to put the thing together. Giving Tuesday specifically takes a whole lot more than you would think. And we do this all year long with all the different pieces and parts. So whether it's it's a newsletter you need to have in place or um, a social media plan or how to engage your board or where to find grants for animal welfare, we dig into all of it. And again, I'll nudge you when it's time to start thinking about all those things. So you'd be a a good person to work with if you tend to have the disease fundraising paralysis. (laughs) Yeah, either that or shiny ball syndrome. <laughs> if there's, if you're looking around thinking like, oh my gosh, there's so much we could be doing. Yes, there is. But when you pick the strategies that are going to work for you and you get it into a plan and you get that plan in writing, you can change the game. All of a sudden, everything feels more organized. You don't feel like you're at the 11th hour getting things done. You have time to think and time to plan, time to engage other people and leverage your resources everything gets easier, which I don't know about you, but I'm all about making things easier. I agree. I agree. I'm I'm always thinking about, you know, what can I do that can move the needle the most? And um, those are the things that's really trying to empower the fundraising in a really efficient way. And a lot of that is through relationship building. There's a benefit to doing some smaller fundraisers out in the community, but that's maybe more an outreach kind of event rather than a fundraising event, even though it may derive some revenue. But you sort of have to think of it a little bit differently as this is our face out in the community, getting to know everyone. Our objective may not necessarily be fundraising, where the relationship building and some of the other strategies you were talking about really can move the needle. So Sandy, if folks are interested in finding out more about ARF Club and also get fully funded, would they just reach out to you at your website? Yep, that's one great way to do it. You can actually get all the details for ARF Club at arfclub.com. So it's A-R-F-C-L-U-B, arfclub.com. And I will tell you that we have just created an opportunity for people to dip their toe in the water with ARF Club. If you look at it and you think it looks good, but you're not really sure, you can test it out for the first 30 days for $17. It's normally $47 a month, which we think is a great price for all the support and the training and the materials you get. But if you want to test it out, it's $17 for the first month. You can get all the details at arfclub.com. Oh, that's great. Excellent to have a trial for the first 30 days. And I want to also thank you and the support of ARF Club for supporting the online cat conference. Really appreciate that. And you were a speaker at this year's conference. So thank you very much for that. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Well, I just want to encourage everybody to carve out the time to work on fundraising, focus on the relationship and the donor over the money. It is possible to raise the money you need to fully fund your budget. You just got to make it a priority and go make it happen. Sandy, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And I am sure we're going to have you on again. You provide some incredible information. It's always a great time chatting with you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Hey, everybody, just want to share a great review that we have on iTunes. Keep them coming in. I really appreciate reading them, seeing them. Thanks so much. This is from A.R. Dean. Love this podcast. 
Meow. I just started listening to this podcast because they were a speaker on Pawprint. I enjoy all the information that is shared about TNR and the resources all the guests give. I would love to start some sort of animal rescue at some point, so I love the ideas and resources that are shared on this podcast. Thanks so much, and I hope you start up your animal shelter very soon. 